What will be your legacy on this episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life? It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life where we seek to encourage, inspire, and empower you to be everything God created you to become. Well, my guest today is really not even supposed to be here. You see, two days after he was born, the doctor informed his mother that her child had rheumatic fever and had 10 days, maybe even less, to live. Well, his mother took her son to the little cottage where she lived in New Mexico, held her newborn up to a single light bulb hanging from a wire in the ceiling, and said, God, I'm coming to you as Hannah did. I'm asking you to save my baby, and I promise I will give him back to you. Well, that mama's prayer was answered because my guest, Wayburn Dean, I met back in 2004, and he is an award-winning, singing, songwriter, just a talented man of God, I have the pleasure to have him as my guest today, and he will encourage you with his story. Greetings to you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Ron. How are you, man? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, Listeners, I first came across Wayburn in 2004. It's been a little while. Time flies when you're having fun, huh, Wayburn? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I didn't realize it's been that long. And later in the show, we are going to talk about a song called What Will Be Your Legacy? It really had a profound impact on me and my ministry, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Wayburn, tell the listeners a little bit about your younger years and what drew you into music. I guess as my mom prayed for me, it was divine. I do want to say that I know that God had a hand in the direction of my life, and it, it, it led to music. At a very, very early age, come from a singing family, and my mother taught me harmony sitting on the couch uh, when I was about eight or nine years old, and I just said, oh my goodness, this is amazing, harmonies. So I, I started falling in love with harmony, and I would go to church, and I would sing only the harmony so that I could learn it. I just fell in love with music, the power of it, when I would go and watch uh, my parents sing at different places, and and I would see how the music would move people, and how it would draw them closer to God, and then that was the time when I said, you know, I, I really need to try to hone my skills uh, toward this because it's powerful and it's, it's God driven. And uh, so that's how, how my music career got its first legs. You were part of the singing group acapella, weren't you? I was uh, for five years. We uh, traveled the globe uh, and were, man, incredibly busy like we were home maybe six days a month uh, for six years. That was in my blur years. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, we, we were a, a powerful group of that who loved the Lord and stayed together and stayed focused on the mission of music and music ministry. Well, and harmony had to be so important to you to be a part of that group because there were no instruments, right? Yes, exactly. And that's uh, that's the other thing that drew me to the group was the harmony, because as I mentioned, uh, that 
that was very, very, very partial in my heart and strong in terms of what I wanted to do with music. And harmony was beautiful and uh, found four guys that were really good at it and and stuck with it. You know, um, Wayburn, I went to a concert years ago. The first time uh, that I heard um, acapella, it wasn't your group, but I mean, it was no instruments. And I'm thinking before they sang, how do you sing without instruments? I mean, what what <laughs> what is this? But I tell you what, uh, that night I laughed and uh, it just seemed to speak to me even more, the words, because there was no distraction. I got so in touch with the words of uh, of the songs. Yeah. Indeed. And I think that's, again, that's, that's another thing that really drew me and kept me there is, is the power of, of just harmony itself. And it's interesting thing about harmony. When you get a perfect, what I call a harmony lock, it moves things uh, that other music and other instruments just can't do. And uh, so those moments were many as we traveled across the globe. And I think uh, people may not know this, but singing a cappella, you have to be worried about so many different things. You have to be listening to everyone else. You have to be thinking about your tonation and making sure that it locks with everyone else at a certain, because it does, it has some disadvantages. Uh, a cappella music does. So you've got to keep on top of these things in order to be effective. Uh, in the in the harmony world, and I think when you do that, you're thinking about harmony. You're thinking about stage presence. You're thinking about who sounds closest to this. Well, how do I move move my voice to make this part? There's just a lot, but but it was uh, a beautiful, beautiful time, and it, harmony will never change. I love it. After you left that group, you kind of you took a break a while, didn't you? And then you did a uh, then you started your own solo career. I did. Um, I took a break. From the road, you know, I was just really taxed uh, and tired. And and so I wanted to take a break from the road, and I did. And then when I took a break from the road, there was just absolutely no more opportunities to sing. And I, so I didn't have music in my life for eight years. And I, I got to tell you, those were the most tumultuous times in my life because I, I did not have music, and music is part of who I am. And so um, we got an opportunity in 2000 who invited down to Nashville and talked about some music directives with uh, some people there. And the music career started back up in 2000. And uh, man, it's been been a wonderful whirlwind since then. That brings back memories because when I am not using the gifts that God has given me, I begin to feel miserable. There's something missing. There's something empty inside. Is that what you were feeling? Sure, absolutely. And and not only was it something that I was supposed to be doing, it was who I was. It's yeah, and, um, very good. And it's almost like taking away a person from who they naturally mm. and instinctively are. So, yeah, I, I, as I look back at that, I think I, I understand now why it was so difficult, because the truth is, without music, the person who I am, uh, a part of who I am, maybe most of who I am, ceases to exist. And that's, that's a difficult time. It really is. Weber and I often ask people that are meandering through life. If you don't become you, who will? And yeah, exactly. And, and when we 
become everything that God created us to become, we're not only having fun, but we are a poster child for God. In fact, Weyburn, years ago, I was praying and I asked God, why is there so much evil in this world? And I really felt that quiet voice inside that said, because people haven't stepped in to their destiny. They have not become who I created them to become. Does that make sense, Weyburn? It does. And I think it just doesn't happen. You have to search for it. And uh, I think sometimes uh, that even causes for self-surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I think of the book of Jeremiah, he's, um, the, the word says, you will, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So whatever it is you're seeking, you got to find God first, wholly, fully, completely, and totally. And then I think things become um, more clear in, in terms of what you're searching for. And then you'll find who you are, you'll find your purpose, and those things will will live themselves out in the spirit as you as you seek them. So I think, we, you know, when I think about myself and I think about my life run at that time, you know, I, when I got off the road, I started just doing, you know, um, I was the CEO of a couple of organizations and that was going well. I just inside was not happy. And I could, I could do it. I could do it well. But the truth is, it really wasn't who I was. And so I told my wife, I said, you know, I think God's done with me with music. And it's hard. And she said, no, God's not, not done. She said, uh, we just have to wait. And sometimes the message uh, is to just wait, wait on God. And so we are sitting on the couch uh, and uh, the phone rings and it's, somebody from Nashville as we're talking and uh, the conversation started to go toward music. And, and so we're driving to Nashville now to try to make this happen. And my wife writes a song called wait on me. It's an acapella song um, that was on our, our first album. Maybe I'll send you a, a uh, MP3 of it, but um, it, uh, it, it basically is my song. And when you wait on God and you seek God, He reveals his purpose to you in in your life. And that's what happened. That is so true. And I think that's one of the hardest things that I had to deal with in life is uh, patience. (laughs) I'm one of those people that wanted things. I pulled up to the window and ordered my prayer requests and drove up to the next window to pick it up. And it wasn't there. But, (laughs) But you're right. When you wait, when you wait, God's timing is perfect timing. Have you ever had anything in life happen that the enemy meant to harm you, but God turned it into good? Uh, yes. Yes. I think um, this is a, a, a very powerful statement. So when uh, I got off the road, right, and I was a, um, a CEO of an organization, won't say the name of the organization, but uh, the board gave me a specific design to do and to complete. It was a five-year plan, and I had it done in two years, I think. And they kind of choked on the success a little bit. However, there were some people that didn't like what the board had designed and that they hired me to do. Um, And as you know, anytime you take a a CEO into an organization, he has his own agenda. You know, others may not agree with it because it doesn't exactly agree with what they are used to. That's kind of what happened. So... One of the uh, persons that were, was working for me gathered together a group of people 
and the board, after a excellent, excellent review of my work, about a month later, said that they were going to let me go. And I said, for what? What did I, what did I do? They really didn't have an answer. And they said, we really don't have to give you an answer. So anyway, they, they let me go from that. And so I said, what, Lord, would you have of me now? What? I mean, I've done what you asked me to do. Uh, it was a ministry, by the way. And, um, and so uh, about two weeks after that, uh, Chuck Colson, you know who Chuck Colson is? Oh, yes. Uh, Prison Fellowship. He was coming through our, our city here in Michigan. So his office called and asked if we'd be willing to do special music. They were doing a few prisons um, and, and tours in prisons if we would go in. So we said, sure, you're Chuck Colson. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And so we did. Uh, and the very first prison we went to, I think we did five. But the very first one we went to, over 50 men gave their lives to Christ. Amen. Mm. And so um, my wife and I sat out in the parking lot and we said, what is God saying to us? I mean, we're traveling across the country. This was after after that we're traveling a bit. And so we're traveling across the country and man, these men are hungry. There's an incredible harvest. And so we prayed about that. And then we decided, you know, I think God is moving us into prison ministry with music because there's nothing that moves people like music and especially in a depressed and a difficult place like prison. So we prayed about it, and we decided to go into uh, prison ministry full-time. And then we thought, wait a minute, how are we going to get paid here? (laughs) 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 But uh, we decided to do that, and we've had some tremendous people who support us. So we've been doing prison ministry now for, for 10 years, where in our ministry we used to uh, be on the road, and if we had a moment, we would do a prison ministry. It's just kind of flipped. We're, we're doing prison ministry full time. And if we have a moment, we'll do, um, uh, you know, concerts on the, on the outside, you know, you never know which direction God would have you go. I mean, if you'd asked me before then that I, will you be doing prison ministry or, or if you told me, I'd say you, you, you're crazy, but man, what an incredible, incredible journey prison ministry has been unbelievable. You know, I told someone just a little bit ago, actually, they did an interview. I had a a book that came out, uh, the promoter, and I said, you know, the amazing thing about walking in your purpose, everything that I'm doing now, I never knew I could do. I never knew I would do it. And everything that I thought I was going to do, I'm not doing it. And if that um, door wouldn't have closed with that nonprofit, you wouldn't have probably went into prison ministry. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. And, wow. and there's no way I could have, I could have seen that. There's no possible way I could have known uh, that that was, was coming. So it's God, God directed. And you know, uh, the, the word says it's not in man to direct his own steps. We don't even have that. I mean, I think we think we do often, but it's God who directs our steps and our path. And I think uh, when we, when we yield to that, uh, because it was it was scary, Ron. I'm telling you, it's scary thinking about going into prison ministry and exposing not only my life but my purpose and everything to something as dangerous as prison. Wow! It has been anything but what I thought. And and one of my one of my philosophies in life is that we are molded and shaped by our experiences, and they often determine our perception. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. My experiences determined my now perceptions um, because what I had, the perceptions I had initially were just absolutely wrong. But 
but man, it's just been beautiful to watch. And, and the cool thing about prison ministry is I get to see what Jesus saw. Yes. You know, it, you, you always talk about, we always talk about Jesus and the broken and how he loved them. I get to see it and I know why now I see it. I experience it. And so my perceptions of prison is completely different because now I have the truth. Let me ask you a question based on what you just said. There are people listening right now that are broken. They've had a door close on them that they thought they were going to be at a job forever. And now they've lost their 401k. They don't know what the future is. And they have divinely tuned in to today's broadcast and looking for some hope. Uh, What would Waper and Dean give them in the way of some uh, hope? Well, two things. Wait and trust. Because the problem with when there is a problem is that we want answers right now. And sometimes God doesn't have those answers for you right now. There's a waiting time sometimes. And in that waiting time, here's the most difficult piece is the trust and trusting that God will give you an answer for what, what you need. But keep those two things in mind, because remember, God says, I know every hair on your head. I provide for the sparrow I, I, and I'm not going to forget you. If, and if you can think about your own life, if you have children or your father, um, or your mother. The truth is, you love them so much, you would never, ever leave them hungry or broken forever. Uh, And God is the same way. So sometimes we just have to wait, and oftentimes we have to trust. And uh, when when we do those things and put those two together and live throughout that, the answers come, and they usually come at a time when you're not expected, oftentimes, because God doesn't work really on our timeline. So well put. Now, the song um, that really touched me in 2004 was uh, What Will Your Legacy Be? And uh, Mm -hmm. my whole ministry in over 20 years on radio has always been about finding your purpose, your destiny in life, because you are having fun. I mean, I always say that's the fountain of youth when you know why yeah. you were born. You know, you, that song was powerful. Now, did you write the words to that song? My wife is an incredible, gifted um, lyricist. And uh, my wife wrote those lyrics, and she writes uh, 98% of all of our songs. We have eight albums, by the way, now. Uh, and she writes all of our songs. Uh, she wrote that. Um, and I was able to come up with the melody and the arrangement and, and those kinds of things. But so it was, it was a collaboration, my wife and I. Listeners, I'm going to close out today's show in a little bit with that song. It is a wonderful song. You want to listen to the words. It's beautiful. The first time when you put the melody and you started singing those words and you were hearing what you were singing, what was going through your head? I, I had no idea that God would use it the way he did. Uh, you know, when you're putting together an album, you're thinking about the whole collection of the record. This specific song made it made its way to the top of a melody idea in my mind, in my heart. And we begin to, we, we begin to pray about it. And as I look back now, I know why it was actually number one on the inspirational charts. But when I think about uh, how the song came together, 
you know, it was a perfect storm because our country at that time were going through a time of an introspective look. We were looking at what are the things in life that we need to be. God, what would you have of me? What are what are my friends, my family, and most importantly, what would you say what I've done with my time on this earth? And that kind of directed um, the song's purpose and the, and the direction of the song. That, that idea was where it came from. What will be your legacy? Kind of challenging, kind of convicting. Yes, it, it is. It is challenging and convicting. And listeners, you're going to hear that full song in just a few minutes. So um, speaking of that, uh, God isn't finished with you, Wayburn, but what is the legacy that you want to leave with this world? Well, you know, I hope um, the, the legacy that I leave will be one that people can say, I, I, was, I was moved by the gift of one individual or this individual that God, that God uh, allowed to be on this earth. I hope that when I get to heaven, um, that God can say, I'm proud of you, son. I gave you a gift. You used it to my glory. Amen. Boy, so well put. Listeners, Wayburn Dean, and uh, we want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you, connect with you, buy some of those uh, uh, albums. Uh, you said you have eight of them out now, huh? Well, that's awesome. Yeah, we have eight now, and uh, they're all um, out on uh, all the digital outlets and, you know, all the Spotify uh, titles. Wherever there's a, a digital uh, download store, our music is there. Just type my name in and I usually all, all of our albums will come up. Listeners, that's spelled W-A-Y-B-U-R-N, Dean, D-E-A-N. Wayburn yeah. has I yeah. close out our conversation and get ready to cue up the song. What do you want people to hear in the song Legacy? What I want people to know through this song is to let the song speak to you. Because the song was not meant really uh, to, um, wasn't really directed toward a collective group. It was really uh, meant for each individual that hears it to ask yourself this question. What will be my legacy? We are all on a journey, a destiny that for sure will come to an end. Life's gonna pass with certainty On this you can depend Time is on your side Still you can decide What you'll leave behind God is standing by Tell me do you like what you see Have you been what you wanted Vapor of time. It's time to get your house. 
Thank you so much for your words of wisdom and encouragement. Indeed, indeed. God bless you. It's so great to hear your voice again, and I'm thankful for the work you're doing for the, for the Lord. You know, friends, I can remember so clear in my head that when I received some new music at the radio station I was managing in 2004, I listened to that song by Wayburn Dean, and it just spoke to my soul. I knew that I had a plan and a destiny. And his song, those words from his wife, just confirmed the calling on my life. What about you? Has that song that you just heard, is it beginning to stir thoughts in your mind? What will your legacy be? What is it that God has called you to do? What is the talent, the skill, and the ability that you have that nobody else has? It's time to begin sharing that with the world. And when you share that with the world, you are glorifying God with your talents because he gave you those talents. And then, do you know what you do? You begin telling your story. You start telling anybody that will listen. And if they don't listen, hey, go talk to the mailbox if there's any of those even left. And just tell your story. Tell people what God is doing in your life. And you're on your way to discovering your destiny and purpose. You have a song to sing. And God has an audience for you to play it to. It's time today to discover your divine destiny by getting the hell out of your life. I'll be back next week. Please join me. Please share this podcast. And remember, God loves you. I love you. Wayburn Dean loves you. It's time for you 
to discover your divine destiny. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.